the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Talk you can believe in True Talk 800 True Talk 800 This is Difference Makers. Welcome. My name is Mike Lee. I'm Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, 93.9 KPDQ, KPAM News Talk 860, Talk 1640, 93.1 El Rey and 104.1 The Fish. And if you contact me by email at Mike Lee at kpdq.com, you can find out what it takes to expand your ministry beyond your walls and be known as an authority in your field by talking about having your own radio program. You can also find out how to build awareness of your brand or outreach at our events like Fish Fests, concerts, and more, or even advertise your church or business, just email me at mikelee at kpdq.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com, or give me a call, 503-652-8148. That's 503-652-8148. If you listen to our sister station, 104.1 The Fish, on Thursday mornings, you get to hear our dear friend, Dr. Terry. Dr. Terry Johnson also serves as Executive Director of Mission Integration for Adventist Medical Center, which is on Southeast Market Street, just south of Mall 205 in Portland. And for First Friday, that'll be coming up on Friday, April 6th, Dr. Terry himself will be sharing a story of hope accompanied by the Portland Adventist Academy Gospel Choir under the direction of Drishel McRae. So welcome, Drishel. How are you today, sister? I'm doing good. Good to have you aboard. And Drishel also serves as an English teacher in addition to being the head of the Student Association at Portland Adventist Academy, located right nearby the hospital on Southeast 96th Street, just east of I-205. So, Drishel, welcome to Difference Makers, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me today. Truly a pleasure. So, before we get to the music, can you tell us how you enjoy being an English teacher at Portland Adventist Academy? Teaching English is a passion of mine. I've been at Portland Adventist Academy now for nine years, and I teach freshmen as well as juniors. One of the pleasures of being able to be in the classroom is I get to interact with students on a daily basis. And a lot of people kind of shy away when I say that I teach high school and that I love it, but I do. I fully love being in the classroom with the students, learning their stories, and also helping them use their voices. I wouldn't trade it for the world. So growing up, Drishel, did you always want to be a teacher and especially an English teacher? I did. I looked back in my yearbook and I said that I wanted to be a high school English teacher. And so that was one of the goals that I wanted to accomplish and I wanted to make happen. And it just so happens that I'm back at the high school in which I attended and graduated. Oh, get out of here. So you actually are an alum of Portland Adventist Academy. How funny. Yeah, full circle. Because when I graduated, I said I was never going back. And I've now learned never say never because you never know what God has in store. And a door opened, and I took that opportunity, and I've been there now for nine years. Well, biblically, what does it say? 
man plots, but God knows. Almost definitely. <laughs> and, and at least in my case, personally, I'm sure he's got a really good sense of humor. And anytime I say, never this, never that, he, he probably develops a smirk on his face Has because to. he knows it's coming up. <laughs> Most definitely. How wonderful, though. So were there any English teachers that taught you at Portland Adventist Academy that really inspired you to want to pursue English in particular? There wasn't anyone in particular that really inspired me to want to teach English. One thing that's been a driving force for me is being the teacher that I didn't have in school. And what I mean by that is having someone that I could connect with on not just an education level, but on a personal level. So leaving that office door open for a student to come and sit in my class and for us to have a connection outside of the classroom, because education is more than just in the classroom learning a lesson. So here you are, Drachelle McRae, not only as the director of the Gospel Choir, but you're also an English teacher at Portland Adventist Academy, where you grew up. Correct. So have you seen changes now that you're on the adult side, the teacher side, versus when you were a kid growing up? Most definitely. The one thing that was hard for me to get used to was having former teachers as coworkers. So I'm used to calling them Mr. or Mrs., and then now I'm calling them by their first name. And for a while, it felt awkward to be able to say that. The nice thing is knowing that I'm working with a group of people that really want to see children excel. And we all share different gifts and talents that we bring into our classrooms. So my pal, Arlene the Queen McLean, has Portland Adventist Academy as one of the schools that we feature here on our radio stations. So give yourself a shameless plug. What stands out about Portland Adventist Academy relative to other fine schools in the Portland-Vancouver area? So our motto is to be Christ-centered, character-driven. And what we try to do is to instill that into our students. The theme that we have for this year is to be authentic. And it's truly to embody yourself and who you are in connection to letting Christ use you. What you'll see at our school that makes us a little different than others is that teachers take that extra step to build relationships with students. And sometimes it's, you know, it will happen in other schools, don't get me wrong, but what's special about this is a lot of these kids will then see their teachers at their churches, in their community, so they'll be able to, they're able to foster those relationships to last just past the classroom. When it's graduation, it doesn't just end there. Students will graduate from our school and still come back and still have connections with their teachers once they've received their diploma from our academy. It's funny, Trishel, that you mentioned the transition of going from a former student to a colleague of people who taught you. So you seem like you were probably the good compliant student growing up. But were there any teachers that you just didn't click with and now you've got to sit with them at the lunch table? I don't have that. What I now have is a new appreciation for teachers. One that I used to think was really tough and really hard was Bob Johnson. And he's one of the math teachers, head of the math department at our school. And now knowing him on a personal level, he really gives his heart and soul to Portland Adventist Academy. And I definitely appreciate all that he does for the school. Well, it sounds like a fine institution and doing a lot in the community. So I'm proud not only of Portland Adventist Academy, but of you, Drachelle McRae, and the fact that you've stepped out to go beyond simply being an English teacher, but among the other hats that you wear at the school, you direct the gospel choir. Now, was that in place before you became a teacher at Portland Adventist Academy, or is that something that you ended up launching? 
it's something that I ended up launching the 2009-2010 school year. We started with seven students, and I just wanted to add something different to the worship experience at the school. We already have a music department that was thriving and different aspects of that piece, but I wanted to bring a different style of worship to the school, and that's what I did. So we started with a really small number, and we had no pianist. So I was able to find somebody in the community who played for us. Like We had like one performance that first year that we started just trying something different and then over time it has just grown and now I have over 60 students um a few years back I had a student that played by ear because that's one of the beauties of gospel music is the ability to play music by ear and that was a student his name was Zach White who played for me for four years until he graduated and then I found another student named Brent Kite who played for me and now I have Joyce Smith who's a local musician in the Portland area who's played for numerous choirs and she plays for me currently, which is an added blessing. So what's the difference between the already established musical groups within Portland Adventist Academy as compared to what you're doing with this gospel choir that's just become huge, going from 70 to now 60 plus members? I think one of the aspects that students are drawn to, of course, you see big numbers and students like to join. I understand that. But it's also the fact that they're singing songs that they're able to connect to on a personal level. Last year, I had a student who lost a family member. And to get him through a situation, he was singing one of our songs, which is Jesus Promised. And he realized, like, with the words, I don't have to worry about the things ahead. All I have to do is live right and believe in what he said. I can call him in the morning, the noon, and the night, and to know that he'll make everything all right. And so when I try to tell the students that what you're singing, you never know who you're going to minister to, who you're going to connect with. And even if you're feeling down, reflect on those words that come from Scripture to know that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we could ever ask or think. And I think that's one of the drawing factors for the students. A lot of them, this is their first time ever singing gospel music. So singing from their diaphragm in a different way, singing songs that get them to move because culturally in the Adventist community, that is not always seen where gospel music is a part of their everyday worship. You're only going to find that typically at two of the local churches here in the Portland, Oregon area. One of them is my home church, Sharon Seventh-day Adventist Church, where you will actually find gospel music sung on a regular basis every time that we worship, incorporating everything from spirituals to traditional to inspirational gospel music and tying that all in together. So now you have students who are being exposed to a new style of worship because when we get to heaven, it's not just going to be one style of worship. God has equipped us with so many different skills and talents. And for us to be able to have that, I think it just makes it even richer experience for the students. So do you think Drishel McRae, Gospel Choir Director at Portland Adventist Academy, do you think that we, the church, and I'm not talking about a particular denomination or building or congregation, but overall, as brothers and sisters in Christ, meeting corporately to fellowship and learn and grow and worship together as the Bible calls us to do, do you think that we have certain comfort zones or tendencies that might in one sense, draw more like-minded people to our churches when it comes to musical styles or worship. But at the same time, do you think we kind of hinder ourselves by being too much of one style versus more open? I think we do. I think as a culture, as a people, overall, sometimes we get stuck on tradition, and sometimes change is 
difficult. And how I've always learned is that Jesus was radical. Jesus tried different things. He was trying to reach all people by any means necessary, which is a line from Malcolm X, by any means necessary. And Jesus did that. And if that's the case, if I have to change, I think that's something that we need to be willing to try. And that's one thing that authentic about students is because they're willing to try those changes. Unfortunately, adults put roadblocks in their way that hinder them from expressing who they are spiritually. So how can we remedy that? And at the same sense, keep a feeling of reverence to the Lord and worship, because there are times when the spirit might lead you in a different direction than you had prepared. So we don't want to confine what God's going to try to do through us. And at the same time, if God is a a God of order and not chaos, we are responsible. We're compelled to do our very best when it comes to preparing ahead of time and trying to get on the same page. So how do you find your balance as basically the leader of a generation of worship leaders when it comes to your gospel choir at Portland Adventist Academy? I think going back to what you said about reverence is defining what that is. A lot of times we use the word reverence and it's this solemn experience with our heads down and it's just a different experience. And I don't always believe that reverence means quiet. I think reverence in a sense is about respect and showing respect. And if we look at all different cultures of people who we have, there's a different way to show respect. What might be acceptable in one area may not be acceptable in another. And a way to combat that is to actually expose yourself to different styles of worship and find the niche that works best for you. With the students that I have, I choose the songs for them. I learned a lot of the music from my father, who was the director of gospel choirs for a very long time. And so that was one of my passions as well, is to be like my dad. What I saw, what he could get people to do with music, I wanted to be able to do that. I'm not classically trained, but I have a passion for music. I've been singing all of my life. My church, Sharon Seventh-day Adventist Church, is one that has given me a platform to be able to sing quite a bit. And with that, I have now taken that passion and wanted to put that with the students. And like I've said, I don't care if I have seven students or if I have 60. It's not about numbers for me. It's about students having the opportunity to worship and to be able to express themselves. Because for some of them, this is the only exposure of Jesus that they will have. And I want them to have this for a lifetime, not just a moment. So for some, if it's just fun that they experience, have that fun. But you're not going to forget those words that were implanted on your heart. Great words of wisdom from English teacher, the head of the Student Association, and the director of the Gospel Choir at Portland Adventist Academy. Her name is Drishel McRae, and when we return, more with Drishel, more about Sharon Seventh-day Adventist Church, and about First Friday, which we are inviting you to. It's coming up on Friday, April 6th, from 7.15 to 8.30 p.m., absolutely free. No need to RSVP unless you want to cash in on a wonderful optional free dinner by RSVPing a couple of weeks in advance. The website is AdventistHealth.org. The website of the school is PAASDA.org. And all of these links will be up on the Difference Makers page at True Talk 800. More with Drishelle McRae next on Difference Makers. Welcome back to Difference Makers. My name is Mike Lee, and our very special guest serves not only as head of the Student Association and English teacher at Portland Adventist Academy, but Drishelle McRae also directs 
the Gospel Choir. And we're very proud that they'll be opening up for our pal Dr. Terry on first Friday, Friday, April 6th, beginning at 7.15 p.m. at Adventist Medical Center in Portland. That's just south of Mall 205. And once you enter the main doors past the carport, you're going to pass by the reception area, go to the elevators, go downstairs, and it's right nearby the grand piano. You can't miss it. So, Drishel, thanks for taking the time out in your busy schedule to meet with us today. Thank you for having me. So earlier on, you were talking about your love of music and how that came from your family. Was that from your dad in particular, your entire family, or what? Yes, from my dad in particular. He was a gospel choir director at Walker Temple Church of God in Christ, which is a local church in Portland, Oregon. And seeing him direct, and he started at a young age, 14, directing, and being able to see him direct and have people worshiping together was something that I wanted to embody. And at my local church, Sharon Seventh-day Adventist Church, I I sang my first solo when I was two. So my mother says, so singing on this stage was something that I wanted to do. I felt comfortable doing. And so under the leadership of my mother with the youth choir that we had and the children's choir, I've always had an opportunity to be able to sing. And now I'm one of the worship leaders at my church. How wonderful is that? Okay, so different churches have different styles and flavors of worship when it comes to music and song picks, which doesn't make one any better than the other. But before the break, Drishel and I were talking about how we really wish there were a greater diversity overall in the church so that we could avoid the feeling of the church needs to serve the public with a certain song list versus we corporately, as brothers and sisters of Christ, need to worship our God. Totally. And that can come in different sounds or styles. And for me personally, I love having some stuff out of the hymnal alongside that. But at the same time, the Bible teaches us to sing a new song. So if you were leading worship this coming Sunday, Drishel, who might be on your playlist? How long would your set go? And what types of songs or specific writers or artists would you include? So it's interesting you asked me that because last week I actually led the church service, the worship service. And I try to have balance. One of the songs, well, actually, I start typically with a theme. And my theme for last week was to trust in the Lord. And so one of the songs that I had on there was the traditional hymn, Trust and Obey, for there's no other way. I also had a song by Anthony Brown, who's a gospel artist. And it's talking about trusting in God. Another song that I had was Praise is What I Do. And realizing that I can praise him through the good, the bad, all of my circumstances, I'm going to praise through every situation. And so that's when I look at different artists, typically I look at the theme that I'm trying to portray for that week and what I believe God has called upon my heart. I love Kirk Franklin and Hezekiah Walker, Mary, Mary. These are just some of the artists that have impacted my life in a variety of ways. And then if I even take it back, John P. Key, Ricky Dillard, Donald Lawrence, there are different artists that the music that they create, the lyrics that they have speak to me on a different level. And that's what I want to be able to give. Another artist that I really enjoy is Tasha Cobbs Leonard and how she's able to just speak life into people. And it's knowing that it's a ministry. All right. So I'm going to ask you a question that I asked youth group kids when we have concerts and events and things like that. You're on a desert island, okay? You have a CD player with unlimited number of batteries, and you could take five CDs with you. Drishel McRae, as the Gospel Choir Director at Portland Adventist Academy, who would you take? What five albums would you bring with you to this desert island? I'm going to tell you right now, that is a hard, 
hard question to even think of albums that I would take with me. Oh, boy. You were allowed to have them all over the place. Yeah. You're allowed to have them oh, not make sense. Gracious. They don't necessarily have to be Christian or gospel artists as much as ones that have impacted your life that you would just like to have around. So if it's a combination, I would definitely take Kirk Franklin with me. He's a music genius, in my opinion. And what he's able to write and the songs that he has definitely speak to people. One of my favorite artists who's not considered a Christian artist is India Ari. And sometimes you connect with artists at different stages in your life. And so with high school, that was an artist that I connected with. Her speaking words of empowerment. There's actually a song that she did, Beautiful Flower, for Oprah in a school that she was opening in Africa that spoke to me. I'm trying to think of another artist that I would take with me if I'm on a deserted island and if I had to listen to these artists. Well, right now it's Anthony Brown and Group Therapy. I would take their album. I'm only at three. I need two more. Oh, boy, this is a tough question right now. But these are good things. These are good things, especially because you grew up in such a musical family. To get on stage and sing in front of church at age two, that just must have made it second nature to you. So it's not a big deal for you to go on the platform, is it? No, to get on a platform, it's not. I mean, of course, the initial nerves, but when I get up front and then I remember what I'm doing and why I'm doing what it is that I'm doing, it's a new perspective for me. And so realizing that there's a mission and there's a goal and God has given me talents and skills. And I don't want to be that person who buries their skills and talents and doesn't use them or God takes them away or uses someone else to do what he's called me to do. And so I'm trying to learn now how to let him use me. And that's one reason why I still have the gospel choir, because it's something that's an additional bonus. I don't get paid for this. It's not extra. It's not something that I'm forced to do. It's something that I want to do. I believe God has called me to do it. And last year, there were some things going on in life, circumstances where I was going to stop the choir. And it just, I I was going to stop. I wasn't going to continue with it. And then I had what I call my Jonah moment, where I said, I don't want to end up in the belly of a fish. I don't want that to be my case. And God sends me in a different direction. And so now how I see the choir is I'm going to continue until God says stop. The students, this is a sacrifice for them. They don't get credit for this in high school. It's something they meet once a week. We meet on Tuesdays during lunch. They sacrifice their lunch to be able to learn some songs and to be able to sing for our upcoming performances. So not only you, but the students as well are making a sacrifice to be a part of the gospel choir at Portland Adventist Academy. Definitely. It's not, they don't get music credit for this because we're considered a club on campus. We're not a part of the official music program. So when the school goes on different tours and performances, we're not a part of that because we're just a club on campus, just like our rock climbing club or our ski club. We're just the gospel choir club on campus. So is there a different dynamic, Drishel McRae, to working with a gospel choir at a school where you are an adult, you're a teacher, you're someone that's looked up to, versus when you're at church singing alongside your musical ensemble there? There is a difference. The, the main difference is that I'm working with teenagers at the school and I'm working with adults at church. And sometimes we expect certain things from students as we do from adults. And so it's finding that balance because 
typically students, it's a couple ways you can look at it. Sometimes they're forced to do things because their parents are requiring them to do it. Others, it's by choice and because their friends are doing it. And so a lot of the times with the students in the gospel choir, they're doing it because they want to and they have that opportunity. It's not because I'm trying to get paid for it. I'm not. They know going into it, you're not getting credit for this in the sense of college credit or high school credit or having it on your transcripts. And that's one of the things that I like about it because it is a volunteer basis. It's not because they're forced to do it because they have to meet that requirement in order to graduate. So in general, for the Portland Adventist Academy Gospel Choir, they're there because they want to be. Most definitely. And they're willing to sacrifice for it, but they certainly don't have to be. And it's not like they're getting any credits or anything no, like that for they're it. Not. How I look at it is, although they're not getting credits, they are building a relationship with Christ. And I've had some people say, well, they're just doing this for fun. Well, so what? That's what it should be. Like, worshiping Christ should be for fun. It's not just always so serious about it. There's different ways to get the message out. And the students at Portland Adventist Academy have the opportunity to do that, to be able to share their love of Christ. So you mentioned growing up in a Christian family where your dad was a worship leader and you got on stage and sang solos at age two, which I just think is a wonderful neat thing. So can you tell us, when did your faith become your own, Drishelle McRae, as opposed to just being your parents' daughter going to church? I would say my faith became my own after college. I attended and graduated from Oakwood University in Huntsville, Alabama. And that is definitely a place where music thrives, music grows. But having my own personal relationship, it happened after graduating and coming back home. And I had to make some decisions for myself, whether I was going to fully commit myself to Christ and continue with his lead or try to find my own path. And definitely there's been some times where I've tried to find my own path and realized, yeah, that doesn't work too well. And so it's redirecting what God had and being able to be at Portland Adventist Academy as a teacher to immerse myself and realize that people are watching me. And not that I'm on show all the time, but people are watching me. Students are watching me on how I carry myself. And I want to not only talk and say words, but I want to show it through my actions. So if I'm telling them that I love Christ, I need to be able to show that as well. So now that the dynamic has changed, since you've gone from being a student growing up at Portland Adventist Academy, Trishel McRae, now that you are an English teacher and head of student association and this gospel choir director, do you feel like these experiences have combined to make you different when it comes to the role of mother? The role of mother is number one. And it's interesting you say that. I have a three-year-old son And his needs come first. My core family, my husband, my son, and the child that I'm carrying currently that'll be here at the end of July. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That's that's my core. And we work together as a team. And without them, I would not be half the woman that I am today. So we go together. And having the music experience, playing those songs, having my son sing those songs in the car, and wanting to be a part of it, that's about the experience as well. So he sees... The students, the big kids, as he calls them, sing on stage. And if that's something that he sees now, that's just laying the foundation for his growth later on in life. Kind of reminds me of communion, and feel free to disagree, but I've attended churches over the years, and some of them are very strict in letter of the law saying, if you are not 100% on board, you had better not come anywhere near this communion table. 
Whereas I've attended other churches where their view is, I as a parent am going to model the act of communion in front of you, child, with the hope that someday this is going to click in your head. So similarly, I think it's interesting how we as parents have to try to portray a certain role in front of our kids. And sometimes, I don't know about you, Patricia, but I just don't feel like it. Totally. But I have to fake it until I make it part of my heart as well as my actions because I'm not on my A game every day. But I certainly love the role of being a parent even more than any of the wonderful jobs I've had over the years because I think it just gives me a different perspective. I mean, obviously, in a Christian model— we have to have God as our very number one priority, but our spouse has to be 1A or oh, totally. 2. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's our children, if we're so blessed with them, right. and then there's everything else. But there are some ways that my love for my kids is very different from my love for my wife. In a sense, sometimes it almost seems greater or stronger because I'm all they have. Whereas Pam lived before me. She will live after me if I meet my maker before she does. Whereas when it comes to the the kids, I feel a greater responsibility to try to model what I want them to see, hopefully out of Christ. Definitely. The word that I'm hearing you say is to model. And for me, that's to show. And so for my son, he needs to see that his mom and dad love each other. He needs to see that reflected. He needs to be able to see that Christ is in the center and not an afterthought. And how we try to do that is to keep him along with our journey and the different things that we're experiencing. I'm at Portland Adventist Academy, and my husband is the athletic director at Portland Adventist Elementary School. So we're both in the education field. We're both with students all of the time. And we want our son to still know that he's still number one. With all the other students that are around mommy and daddy, he's still number one in our life. And we have to truly reflect Christ in our words and our actions how we interact with people. Not simply for the musical aspect of it. We are very much looking forward to seeing Drishel McRae direct the Gospel Choir of Portland Adventist Academy, and they'll be featured right before our pal Dr. Terry Johnson on First Friday at Adventist Medical Center, coming up on Friday, April 6th. Admission is absolutely free. Feel free to come on out from 7.15 to 8.30, but I've got to tell you firsthand, if you've never eaten at Adventist Medical Center, not only does their food have very healthy attributes to it, but it really actually tastes good. (laughs) So if you want to RSVP in advance online, you can actually get a free meal out of the deal also. All of the links will be up on the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. More with Drishel McRae next on Difference Makers. You're listening to Difference Makers. Mike Lee here with Drishel McRae, who serves as the head of the Student Association for Portland Adventist Academy while being an English teacher and in a volunteer role directing the Gospel Choir, which will be the featured musical artist opening up for Dr. Terry Johnson at First Friday, Adventist Medical Center in Portland, Friday, April 6th from 7.15 to 8.30. And if you want to RSVP online a couple of weeks in advance, you could actually get yourself a free meal, which is not only healthy, but also delicious. But please make sure that you RSVP online if you want the meal as well. So, Drishel, thanks so much for coming and joining us, in addition to volunteering for this wonderful gospel choir that we'll be singing as you open up for Dr. Terry. So, do you have any songs in particular that you're looking forward to that night? Anything you're working on? One of the songs that we're working on right now is The Reason Why, 
and it's talking about our relationship with Jesus and a friendship and why he loves us. And so that's one that's new for us. Another song that we're going to be doing is, oh, I'm trying to think right now. My mind is blanking on the songs. Actually, you know, just come out to First Friday and then you'll be able to hear all of the songs that we'll be doing that evening. We're looking forward to that. And this isn't the first time that your gospel choir from Portland Adventist Academy has joined us at First Friday at Adventist Medical Center. So no, it's not. how are the kids doing with it now that it's not their first rodeo anymore? Oh, they're fine. It's definitely an experience. They enjoy it. They take each time that we sing as a new opportunity to share Jesus. And so I just tell them to be ready. You never know what can happen. Be ready for me to switch songs that we may have planned, depending on who the audience is, depending on what I believe God has placed upon my heart. So they're they're ready for it. One of the things that you mentioned you love about teaching at the school where you graduated from, Drishel, is the fact that you really want to go out of your way to be beyond a teacher or a choir director. You really want to be a mentor with your door open and be able to involve yourself in these kids' lives. So is there anything in particular that God's really put on your heart for this generation right now where there's so much turmoil going on when it comes to the political climate, when it comes to big questions? And now granted, I'm, I'm dating myself right now, but when I grew up, we bullied or got bullied during school hours. So come three o'clock when you're on the bus and going home. You kind of got away with things then for the most part. Whereas nowadays, in the social media age, it's different if we allow our kids as parents to be vulnerable 24-7. And every time I've come this close to allowing one of my younger kids to get on social media or go the smartphone route, something stopped me. Uh, I am presuming it's a God thing that it's a Holy Spirit prompting or a stop sign or a red light or just a story about, for instance, beautiful, popular, pretty 12-year-olds taking their lives out of the result of being bullied online. And I'm having difficulty handling that. And I know fully well that social media is a tool. It can be used for good as well as bad. But for me personally, as the dad of kids, I see more negative opportunities than positive. So being a teacher in the schools right now and having your husband working in elementary school beside you, what's your take on what this generation of kids is facing versus ours as adults? This generation has it where social media doesn't turn off. Their lives don't turn off. So in the day and age, I mean, I can even date myself to to say when I was in high school, if you wanted to take a break from everything around you in school, you could when the weekend came. Now people have Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook where students can see their lives played out 24-7. And so instead of hearing about that event that you weren't invited to over the weekend, you now see it during the weekend. And so it just continues. The one thing is I think bullying and the word bully has been misconstrued where there is opportunity for students to actually hash out and communicate with one another instead of just saying I'm being bullied. That's not always bullying. That's a part of life. Everybody is not going to agree with you. There are going to be times where you're going to have struggles, where you're going to have opportunities, where you're going to have to make a decision on how you're going to react to the situation. And so I think 
even though social media is supposed to help us become more social, it's also allowed people, the platform to become bold behind a screen. And so they never have to confront the individual and they have time to process and think about what they're going to type rather than actually speaking face to face with people. My students, when I allow them the opportunity to be on their phones in class, let's say we have a couple minutes that are free. That's typically the quietest the class will ever be because they're all locked into this screen and that interaction, they're losing that interaction, that face-to-face interaction, how to actually have a conversation and be in the moment instead of enjoying the meal that's in front of them. They want to take a picture to post it so they can get likes. No, enjoy that moment. Be with your friends, have these opportunities because it's also something that I believe that although there are definitely a lot of pros to social media, it's causing people to live in a world that they're able to create this false reality and they're not real anymore. And so that what I would like to see is for people to become more authentic for students, for adults, for parents to interact with each other. I use technology for my child. There are different apps that he uses, but it's also having balance because there is also that place where there are students that are so disconnected with the world around them. They have no idea of what lies ahead of them once they are away from mommy and daddy. I love talking to you, Drochelle McRae, as a parent, as well as a gospel choir director and an English teacher over at Portland Adventist Academy. So one of the articles my wife showed me showed how social media, Facebook in particular, can actually put people's opinions in front of you that simply reflect your own. For instance, if I have a hundred Facebook friends, I'm not equilaterally seeing a hundred people's opinions. I'm seeing the ones that most reflect the ones I already have. So do you believe that when you talk to your students nowadays, they have a greater, worse, or just different ability to connect and agree to disagree with people who aren't exactly holding their own opinions? They may not be able to do that on social media, but I definitely let them do that in the classroom. I tell students that this is a place where respect is to be given and people can disagree with you, but you must respect an individual for them having their own beliefs. This, well, actually before we went on spring break with the shootings that have been happening around the nation and different schools and gun control, there are definitely students who believe that there need to be stricter laws in place and Everybody shouldn't have the right to have a gun and we need metal detectors in schools where there's also students that say, hey, that's my right as a U.S. citizen to be able to carry. And if I so choose, then I should be able to. And that's why I want to have that dialogue in the classroom for students to know, hey, it's all right to disagree with someone, but we only want to stay with people who agree and that are like minded. But I think that keeps us stagnant. That doesn't help us grow. If you're only with people that agree and believe everything that you believe You're hindering yourself from something greater and bigger. I don't want to be with people that agree with everything that I say because I'm not always correct. I need somebody that's going to challenge me, to push me, to want me to be better and do better. And that's what I want in my classroom. I want my students to have that growth mindset that you can believe whatever you want to believe, but you need to know why you believe what it is that you believe. Your mom and dad won't be around forever. Facebook won't be around forever. You need to be able to stand firm on your beliefs. And that's definitely how it is with our relationship with Christ. I can introduce the foundation for my child to be able to have that opportunity and build that relationship. But at the end of the day, I don't want him to serve Jesus because I do. I want him to do it because he wants to do it. And that's the same thing with my students. I want them to have a personal relationship. 
So having the gospel choir at Portland Adventist Academy allows students the opportunity to build their own relationship and have that foundation for themselves. One of the things I love to do, Trishel McRae, is meet with pastors and get their opinions on the pulse, the heartbeat of their congregations. So as someone who teaches and is a mentor at Portland Adventist Academy, what's the pulse of the high school students telling you today? Where are they with disasters and shootings and political unrest? Where is their vibe that you're perceiving and that you're trying to help them negotiate through? They are everywhere. They are all over the map. There is no one section that I could say, this is what they stand for. This is what they believe. Students are still trying to find their voice. And with social media, some of their voices are being made for them. At home with parents, again, some of their voices are being made for them where students aren't able to make decisions on their own. People are doing it for them. So if it's gun control, if it's supporting the LGBTQ community, if it's bullying, if it's depression, if it's anxiety, all these different avenues, students are trying to have a voice, but they're still having people make those voices for them. And what I try to tell them is a lot of the movements that were started in history started by young people. And they, again, have to be firm on what they believe. You can't just be a person who's the bandwagon and following the path of everybody else. There are going to be people that do that, but you need to be able to stand firm because if that was the case, if the civil rights movement didn't happen, someone like me, an African-American woman working in Portland, Oregon, I would not be able to teach at the current predominantly white high school that I teach at. And so you have to have your voice and change. You may not be able to see that change, but it has to happen. You have to get your voice out there and try to make a difference. So I'm Asian-American. Is your husband also African-American? He is. Okay. Being in a predominantly Caucasian school like Portland Adventist Academy, do you feel any added pressure to represent well? I do, because for some of my students, this is their first time ever being exposed to someone of my culture and ethnicity, aside from what they see on television. And sometimes what's portrayed on television can be misconstrued. And so I want to give them an opportunity to know who I am as an individual. I can't represent an entire group of people because I am one person. However, where there are times where things are confused or things are said in the wrong way or stereotypes, I want to be able to answer those questions so that students have that opportunity to be able to learn. And I also, one of the things that I love the most of being able to teach at Portland Adventist Academy is that for students who are minorities, they're able to find that connection with me sometimes on a level where I can understand some of their stories and some of their struggles. Because right now we have an influx of students that are coming from refugee camps. And we have some that have come from Rwanda. We have some that come from Thailand. We have international students that are coming. So the school is diverse, but at the end of the day, it is still a predominantly white high school. You have to look at the climate of where we live in Portland, Oregon. And so I still want to be able to, again, be that teacher that I did not have in school for different students. Well, I love the fact that in your bio, Drishel, at the Portland Adventist Academy website, which, if you're curious, friends, is org. it specifically states that your goal is to send your students into the world knowing what they believe and how to express their views in fair and thoughtful ways. 
So that's kind of easy in the classroom. But outside of the classroom, how do you encourage these young minds to do so in the real world? I encourage them by letting them know that high school is just temporary. And the information that you have, you're going to have different experiences when you walk out of these doors. My goal is to prepare you for some of the experiences that you will face. Now, I don't have all the answers for them. But again, you can ask former students. My saying is to know why you believe what you believe. Again, you can believe whatever it is, but I want you to know why you do. I don't want you to leave here and say, well, I don't want a relationship with God or I don't like God or whatever the case might be, because that's also the part where the devil tries to infiltrate and confuse students' minds. And I don't want them to do that. I want you to have proof. I want you to break down the information, do your research so that you can understand what's actually going on in the world. Because the devil tries to blind students and he tries to tear apart families and tear apart minds where students are confused on what's happening in the world. And I don't want that to be the case. For I call them my kids. All 100 of them, they're my kids. And I want them to feel empowered to be able to have information that they believe is worthy to share with the world. She is the head of the Students Association, an English teacher, and the director of the Gospel Choir at Portland Adventist Academy. And you can catch Drishel McCray and the Gospel Choir live as they open for Dr. Terry. He'll be sharing a story of hope at First Friday. It's Friday, April 6th, beginning at 715 at Adventist Medical Center, just south of Mall 205 in Portland. All the information will be up at truetalk800.com on the Difference Makers page. But I also want you to take a look at PAASDA.org regarding the website for Portland Adventist Academy. And you could also look up more information about First Friday at AdventistHealth.org. That's AdventistHealth.org. So, Trishelle, thank you so much for coming in today and sharing your heart, not only as a gospel choir director, but as a sister in Christ and as a wife and as a mother and as someone who's really just trying to impact youth in this world for Christ. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been a pleasure. On our way out, is there anyone you want to send a shout out to? I will shout out my husband, Kevin McRae Jr., and my son, Kevin McRae Third. I love them and I'm so blessed to have them in my life. And congratulations on your baby on the way. Thank you. uh, Is your son looking forward to becoming a big brother? He is. He's going to have a baby sister, so he's excited about that. He'll be protecting her, I bet. Most definitely, yes. Wonderful. I'm sure that you're going to end up with beautiful, musical, athletic, God-loving children with the examples that you are setting forth. Thanks so much, Drishel McRae, and thank you for joining us on Difference Makers. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.